Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to New Hope Baptist Church this morning. I hope you've had a great morning so far in the house of the Lord and maybe in your small group Sunday school times. Uh, so you've opened God's word and, and looked to see what God's message is for you today and how we can become better believers for Christ, how we can be better messengers of his in this crazy world that we're living in. If you're a visitor here today uh, in, pre in person or online, we want to say welcome. If you would, text the word welcome to 704-459-5575. That's in your bulletin. It's also scrolling across uh, your screen at this time. And we would like to uh, get to know you and know any way we can minister to you uh, today or in the days ahead. But welcome. We're glad that you're here. For today, in this time, in this moment, this hour, we've set aside to worship our risen Lord. Amen. Just a couple of announcements before we do get started with our worship. Uh, there are a number of sign-up sheets on this table out here, so everybody here needs to go and sign your name about five times, okay, out there. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet for the Trunk or Treat. That'll be October 27th, just a couple of weeks away. It'll be a great time, the fall festival. You see something there in your bulletin as well. By the way, the bulletin is found online too. You can download that. Uh, online or through our app. Um, so we've got uh, the Bible studies. We've got several different Bible studies that you can sign up that will be coming online or be coming together uh, starting Wednesday and then starting over the next couple of weeks as well. So find one that uh, suits what you're interested in and get plugged into a small group there. Also, there's a, a sign-up sheet for the car show. Car show uh, will be November 13th. Uh, we're going to raffle off some uh, cakes and pies, and I know there are some great cooks in here, okay? Uh, so submit your, 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 your cookings and your good, delicious recipes or, or made food so we can raffle those off as a fundraiser. And also over here, there are uh, Honduras Christmas bags. Uh, take one of those, fill them up with goodies. There's a a field list that you can choose from inside each bag uh, so we can make Christmas real for a number of children uh, in, in Honduras. We have 50 bags. They're going to be sending hundreds of bags down to various parts of, of Honduras. So be a part of that ministry and uh, bless children across the world uh, this Christmas time. Again, we're glad that you're here, and as we continue on and be, or begin and continue on in our worship this morning, hear the words of Isaiah 43. <clears throat> but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I am the Lord your Holy One, Israel's Creator, your King. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. Forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, God, you are our way maker. You are 
the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness, Father. You have prepared a way. You are making a way for us, Lord. We thank you, God, for uh, sending your son, Jesus Christ, who makes that way possible for us, who prepared the way so that we could have eternal life, God. It is because of him and the hope that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ that we come today to worship you. God, we've set aside this time, this moment of the day, Lord, just to lift you up, to exalt you, and Lord, just to worship you because you are the God of gods, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You are creator of it all. You're our redeemer and our savior. And for that, God, we worship you today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
for God's amazing grace, amen, and for eternal life that we have in and through Him, and He has prepared a way for us to make it to heaven. He has cleared the pathway. He's made a way for us to find eternal life if we would so choose Him, the Son of God, the only Son of God, we put our faith and our hope and our trust in Him. He has prepared a way. We're going to look at a story today about John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus. And as I was uh, thinking about preparing the way and making preparations and all, I, was, I thought back to a couple of weeks ago when we were getting ready for, for Claire's wedding and all the preparation that had to be done for that. Of course, the usual things like the location, the uh, the reception, the menu, the decorations, the music, the photographer, on and on, you know, seemed like the, the list never stops. But one thing about the location was there was a lot of preparation that had to be made to it. We had it on Mama's farm, and <clears throat> we had it in an old riding ring uh, that Claire used to ride her horse around when she was little. And uh, But since Daddy's not been around, uh, since he's been gone now for six years, things have kind of grown up a little bit, and that was the case for this riding rink. It had grown up with, uh, with trees and weeds and fire ants and briars and, and everything else. And uh, so in order to, to, to get ready for that day, all that had to be taken care of. The, the creek had to be cleared out, a new bridge put in. Thank you, Greg Sane, for doing that. Uh, and making that possible, but the trails had to be cleared, the fences had to be mended, and and we brought Claire, we brought the bride in the backside of the of the land uh, down a trail on a golf cart uh, into a tent where she could then make her way into the ceremony. But that trail had to be cleared again. All the the the, the rubbish had had to be moved, the tree limbs cut and and pulled out of the way. And so it had to be cleared for her entrance. Our, our message today, again, is about preparing the way. It comes from Matthew chapter 3, where John the Baptist is preparing the way for Jesus. And he was preparing people's hearts for the arrival of the Messiah, of, of Jesus Christ. And we find this story throughout the Gospels, but we're going to concentrate on, on Matthew chapter 3 today. So turn with me, if you will, to Matthew chapter 3. We, we find that broken down into two very distinct uh, outlines there, two very distinct uh, sections of the chapter. The first one is verses 1 through 12. 
It's there that we find John the Baptist, and that's the story of him preparing the way. It tells about who he is, where he's from, and his mission, what, he, what his mission is. And then the next part, verses uh, 13 through 17, is the actual baptism of Jesus. And goes into details about that. So that's what we're going to look at today. If you will, turn with me again to Matthew chapter 3 and, and begin reading there. In verse 1 it says, In those days John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who has spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. And then he goes and, and quotes Isaiah 40 verse 3. And he says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. In other words, make it easy for him to get here. Make it easy for him to be known, seen, and, and accepted. If you will recall in our last, uh, last week, we, we ended our Old Testament study uh, on this series of the series 316 in Malachi chapter 3. Uh, now in the New Testament, John the Baptist is the first prophet on the scene in, in over 400 years. And, and he, was a, he was a little rough around the edges, okay? He wasn't the, the, the social norm of the day, you might say. He was a little bit different. He dressed weird. He, he had an uncouth lifestyle and, and spoke the message of God bluntly. Okay, his message was repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. There was no niceties or, or humor or warm the people up or kind of the ease into the sermon like, like I've done today. No, it was just right down, get to it. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. You see, he knew that, that Jesus was on the way and so he had an urgency and his urgency was, was, was real because, again, he knew Jesus was coming. Yes, yes, John the Baptist dressed differently. He was a different type of person than the city folks. He dressed differently, he talked differently, he ate differently. Okay? But he wasn't much different than those who actually lived in the wilderness. But it was the message that they heard, not the messenger. They didn't look at him for who he was or the way he was dressed. They heard the message. And the message that they heard resonated in their heart. And, and people were coming from all around to hear the message that John had. To repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And he goes on and describes verses 4 through 6. He describes uh, John. It says, John's clothes were made of camel's hair. And he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of Jordan, confessing their sins, and they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. Look at verse 5. It says, The people went to him from, from uh, Jerusalem and Judea, from out the, the whole region, gathered around. And that's important for us to notice Again, because it was not about the person, John. He had his own little following and his own little uh, witness, I guess, and, and followers. But here it wasn't about John. They, were, they weren't attracted to him, but they were attracted to the message. Again, to the city folks, he was strange, okay? But to the people 
of the wilderness. He was normal or, or as normal as, as could be, I guess. His, his description sounded outlandish, but his dress and his diet was normal. His description was, was typical uh, of, the, of the poor wilderness dwellers. His simple diet and his lifestyle, again, was, a, was, a, was an example for the followers, for people that were coming. That life was not about the glitz and the glory, but it was about being simple and giving your life over to Christ. See, John the Baptist gave his life over to Christ to the point to where he was beheaded for his faith. And the way that he looked, the way that he lived, yes, it was, it was different than the religious piety of, uh, of the day. But here's the lesson for us, I think, today, is that God wants to use the normal people of today to, live, to deliver his message. You couldn't get any more basic, any more simple than John the Baptist. But yet he brought forth the urgent message that Jesus was on his way, that Jesus was about to arrive on the scene, that we needed to repent because the kingdom of God was coming near in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, that is what he wants us to do today. That is the message he wants us to share with everybody around us, to repent for the kingdom of God is near and the kingdom of God is going to be made clear and made whole on this earth very soon. For Jesus is coming back. That is our message to a lost world today. He wants to use the normal folks like me and you to simply go and tell our family, to simply go and, and tell our co-workers, the people we, we, we work with, we go to school with. And we have to have an urgency like John the Baptist did here. He knew that Jesus was coming. And folks, think everybody in here would, uh, would agree that Jesus is coming back real soon. Amen? That everything is pointing that way. It may not be for another hundred years, but it might be today. It might be this week or this year. We don't know, but man, everything is, is starting to line up where the Bible says to look for it. Man, it's happening, isn't it? And so where is the urgency for today's church? Where's the urgency for, for the believer today to be about uh, telling people, to telling the world to repent for the kingdom of heaven is coming again? You see, he wants us to, he wants to use the average Joe to do the work and to be busy preparing the way in this world today for Jesus' second coming. You see, John's mission was to prepare people for, for the coming Savior. His message was, was easy to understand. It was not complicated. Repent. The kingdom of God is near. And I bet y'all are saying, man, I wish Russ's sermon was two sentences, don't you? <laughs> you see, his message is the same message that we're to proclaim today. 
as, as John is sharing that message, as John is, is proclaiming that word, the religious elite show up. And things didn't go down too well. Things didn't go down quite like... Uh, he had some pretty harsh words for those religious elites that came. Look what he says in verse 7. He says, But when he saw, the, saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where, he was, to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers. Now, folks, that was fighting words right there. He was calling them a snake in the grass. It was not a, it was not a good thing, but, but they represented the religious community, the, the pious ones that, oh, we, we know so much. And how can John the Baptist be the one bringing the message to us? Well, he was. And they got called on the carpet. You see, they were the leaders of, of Judaism in the day. And of all people, their hearts should have been open and receptive and, 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 and honestly preparing their hearts for the coming Messiah, but, but they weren't. And I wonder today if, if our churches today don't have a cold heart. If they've fallen in the norm of, of this is the way we do it, let's go and get our check mark for the day. Where is the church's urgency? What about believers? Are we preparing our hearts? Is the message upon our lips the same as John the Baptist? Are, are, are we helping or hindering the second coming of Christ. Again, we don't know when, when Christ is, is coming, but maybe there's someone in your life, in your world, that, that needs to hear the gospel before He comes. We've asked this on on Wednesday night, uh, who is that one person in your mind that doesn't know Christ? That we need to be praying intentionally for. Who, who is that one person in your family or your co-worker? Maybe in your school or your neighbor. Maybe you know they're not saved or maybe you think they're not saved. When you visualize that person, put that person's picture in your mind right now and begin praying for that person today. Praying that God would use you to share the gospel with that person, to share that message, to repent for the kingdom of God is coming. It's near. It's here, but not yet here all the way. Who is that for you? So are we helping or hindering the coming of Christ? Again in verse 7 he says, You brood of vipers, who warns you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones God can raise up children from Abraham, for Abraham. And the act is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Verses 8, 9, and 10 are, are important. 
for us to pay attention to. And in verse 8, it tells us to, to produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You see, we can, only, we can only produce that good fruit when we repent of our wayward life, when we come and, and submit our life to Christ. Only then can we produce the fruit, good spiritual fruit. And in verse 9, it says, you can't say we have Abraham as our father. You can't live on your, on your family's religious ties. You can't one day show up in God's house in heaven and say, oh, but my grandfather was the preacher. Or my dad was a deacon. Or my dad was a believer. My dad was an awesome prayer warrior. My mom, she taught in Sunday school forever and ever. And, and, and man, I was, I was brought to church every Sunday. You see, we can't live on, on, our, on our family. God doesn't care who our daddy is. He doesn't care who our grandparents were. Because you see, we will all have to stand and, and give an account for our life. And in verse 10, he goes on to say, for those who don't produce good spiritual fruit, what does it say? What will happen to them? They will be thrown into the fire. Are you producing good spiritual fruit? Have you repented? Have you surrendered your life? Have you surrendered all areas of your life? Are we producing good spiritual fruit? For the Lord. Again, we will stand individually before the Lord. We will be held accountable for our thoughts, our, our deeds, our words, our, our actions, and for our faith in Christ. And so what spiritual fruit are we producing? Does our life reflect a life in Christ? George Barna did a survey a couple of years ago and, and he said virtually there's no significant difference in the life of a believer and the life of a non-believer. Think about that. Because there's very little difference in a believer and a non-believer, our, our testimony and our witness and our, our warnings and our sounding the alarms to the world is, is hampered and, and discounted because they see us living no different than they are. In your life, do people see Jesus reflected in you, in your words, in your actions, in your lifestyle, in, in every way about you? Are our activities markedly different than the world? Are our, is our lifestyle noticeably different? What about our purchases and our, and our hobbies? What about our work ethics and our, and our honesty? What about our social life? How do we live out our, our social life? Do others see a changed life in us because we know Jesus Christ? Do they see us living out a Christ-like life every day? John continues in verse 11. 
And he says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. You see, this is the core of, of John's ministry. And, and in his humility, he's pointing other people to Christ. Okay, we, we, we've seen that his simple lifestyle in his example for other believers. And here his humility is not drawing attention to himself. Although he's got throngs of people coming from all over the region to hear this message, he's not getting caught up in it. He's not getting that arrogant uh, word in his mouth or egotistical uh, attitude in his, in his heart. John's calling uh, people to repentance isn't the main event either. The main event is the arrival of Jesus and the bringing of the kingdom of God with Him. You see, John makes a, a distinction between himself and Jesus. The fact that he baptizes with, or John baptizes with water, Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. And John tells the religious leaders, if, if you're coming with an, with an impure heart, if you're coming only to, to cause problems and, and, and cause dissension and, and to just to see what's going on, he says, then you will face eternal judgment. These are the warnings that John gives to those religious leaders. Because you see, at this point, John, uh, Jesus isn't on the scene yet. The coming one had not been identified, but now Jesus arrives on the scene. Think again about this, the God of the universe. Again, I was captivated today as I was looking at that scenery, being reminded that, that God and God alone determines the color of every leaf in the world. That He decides when that leaf turns loose from its tree. To think that the God of the universe, the creator of everything, the King of kings and the, and the Lord of lords came to live with us. Consider the magnitude of that just for a moment. Matthew 3, he makes clear God's revelation that, that Jesus is the divine Son of God who would indeed baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And Jesus came so that He could identify, so that God could identify with us. He came so that He could understand our life. He came so He could understand the anxiety, the problems, the grief, the sorrow, the difficulties that you have. He wanted to be a part of that. He wanted to know firsthand what it was like. He knows your heart. He understands what you're going through. Whether it's been disappointment or death or betrayal. Or anything else, he 
knows what it is. He's lived it. He's, he's been there. And he also came to be an example of a spirit-filled life that even though we go through these things, even though the storms of life come our way, we can still live in the spirit and still have a Christ-like attitude and have a Christ-like example. And his first example for us was to be baptized. It says in verse 13, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. I like this next section right here. It says, but John tried to deter him. He's like, dude, you're the Messiah. I'm just John the Baptist. There's no way I can baptize you. You need to be the one baptizing me. But Jesus says, no, no, no. We have to do it right. We have to fulfill the prophecies. We have to make it according to God's will. It says in verse 14, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? And Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. Verse 16, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, at that moment, heaven was opened up, And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. You see, it was at that moment in verse 16 that Jesus received the anointing of God and his ministry began. And his mission on this earth was to come to seek and to save the lost to come and give eternal life to anyone who would choose Him, who would accept Him, who would follow after Him. So again, think about the reality of the the incarnate Son of God. It's truly mind-boggling if we take time to reflect on that truth that He came to live with us, to live among us. And if we reflect on that truth for a while, we, we find that story of Jesus coming and living with us, it reshapes the way we, we, we think of life. We rethink the way we, uh, the kingdom of God. And that Jesus really does understand who we are and what we're going through, the things we're facing. Again, John's message to his people and our message to our people today It is a warning of judgment, a warning that the judgment is coming, but also it's an invitation to life. It's an invitation to change life, and it's an invitation to eternal life. This was the same message that John had, John the Baptist had, and it's the same message we have today. And when we surrender our life to Christ, a real change happens in our soul. A real change happens in our in our being to those who respond to Him. What tremendous peace can come our way knowing that our loved ones are are knowing that we ourselves will be welcomed into the loving arms of God Almighty one day because they knew Christ, because we know Christ, because we have that faith and hope and trust in God's holy word. 
what peace there is. Yes, judgment is coming, but eternal life is also available for those who respond to the Lord Jesus Christ. Real change, a real life is found by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. How do we have that? How do we receive that? Let me ask you today, are you living under the influence of the Holy Spirit in your life? Are we living under the direction, under the influence, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit in our life today? We can only receive the Holy Spirit once we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Once we confess our sin to say, God, we are sinful people. And God, I want to turn my life around. I want to turn from these evil, wicked ways, these ungodly ways, the ways that are unpleasing to you. I want to turn my life in a way that's following you and pleasing you. And God, I need forgiveness for the sin in my life. I believe that you are the Son of God. That you came and lived a sinless life. That you died on the cross. That you shed your blood for the forgiveness of sin. That you were raised to life on the third day. You were resurrected on the third day to life. And because you were resurrected, I have the hope of eternal resurrection too. And when we say that, when we pray that, when we believe that, when we follow after the teachings of Christ, when we're faithful to the end, one day we will hear those words, well done, thy good and faithful servant. We will know that salvation will be realized. Let me ask you today though, is your life any different than your lost neighbor's? Is your life any different than your lost neighbors, than your lost co-workers, than your lost classmates, than your lost family members? Do you stand out a little bit different? Do others see Jesus in you? John the Baptist came to prepare the way for Jesus. Jesus came to prepare the way for us. He was the way maker. He is the one that made it possible for us to have that hope of eternal life. And today, we are preparing the way for His coming again. What are we doing to prepare for Jesus' return? What is the message that we are sharing with other people? How are other people seeing Jesus in our life, or are they? During our hymn of invitation, do others see Jesus in me? Ask yourself that question. Do they really see Jesus in my life? And maybe this morning is a time for us just to spend a moment in prayer, seeking forgiveness, seeking guidance on how others can see Jesus more in our life, how we can surrender 
more completely to His Lordship. I don't know where you are, the things that you're struggling with, how close or how far you are from the Lord Jesus. But this morning, will you spend time with Him, responding to Him, to His invitation to you? Let's pray together. God, that is a question that we have to ask ourselves. Every day at night, every day in the morning. Lord, help me to live the example where other people do see you in my life. And then at the end of the day, Lord, did people see Jesus in my life? Lord, there may be different areas in my life that it's not completely surrendered to you. There are areas in my life that, that I need a closeness with you. God, I know that because people don't see as much of you as they need to, that, that our witness is hampered. Lord, hear our prayers today. And Lord, may we be about changing our life with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we pray today that you would allow the Holy Spirit to come and fill this place, to fill your people's hearts to overflowing. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.